Welcome to Good Christian People, an honest conversation between church leaders who recognize we're not perfect, we're barely good, but we want to be great. On today's episode, the Mama Bear vibe is big as we sit down with Fred and Brianna Jarrett to hear their story and discuss what it means to truly be pro-life. Hey everybody, welcome back to Good Christian People Podcast. Episode 43. Natatu. Which is Swahili for 43. Are you proud of me that I didn't laugh? No, I am I proud of you? No, because it's <laughs> only taken 43. You know, if your son it's were to bit. fail in something for 42 different times and then he finally gets it, would you I would cry tears. Be super proud or would you say finally? I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Jackson, you're finally potty trained. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. 13. Four, how old is he? He's 14. You would know. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. I, I'm glad. I'm grateful that you did Swahili because the suggestion was sign language. Uh, and that would have made me laugh. It did make me laugh. And that wonderful suggestion came from, I think probably a, the best looking guest we've ever had on this show. Everybody say hi to Fred Jarrett. Fred. How you doing, guys? I am the best looking one on the show. Yes. I mean, just like in general, in 43 episodes. And Brianna's here. So great. Brianna's back. What's up? Hey. I'm back. Bri Bri. You write any songs since you've uh, been gone? Did I write any songs? Yeah. I mean, we had a whole series on worship. and How many songs have you written? I've written at least one. Okay. And performed I, hel- in I church. helped with it. I helped with it. Yeah. Yeah. No, you, okay. You did. I did. You did. Yeah. You did. Yeah, I sent it to you, and you said change this. I did. I give note. honest. I give honest feedback mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that's right. How so many times did you tell him to sing the bridge? Nineteen. <laughs> uh. Stay in your lane, Tim. Ah, Nineteen times. Nineteen times. We are very excited to have you both on. We're gonna have a fun little conversation, but um, we want to just kind of play around a little bit and uh, and get you warmed up because we've all heard from Brianna. Welcome back, and but Fred, you're the whole reason that we've all gathered here today. <laughs> I appreciate that very much. Yeah. You're <laughs> like, just, I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of in awe. Like I know we're friends, but every time I see you, I still, it still takes me a couple minutes to get used to being in the same room with you. Yeah. Let's let the listeners know that I don't think that Jeff struggles with same sex attraction, but I do think he has a same sex friend attraction yes. that he talks. Uh, he literally talks about you all of the time, <laughs> all, the time. <laughs> all of the time is so much so that you may want to at least investigate peace order maybe not restraining order but peace order he for likes sure. it well, there should have been a restraining order in uh bethany there was a lot of touching oh, going on there was there was i was very yeah. i was very friendly like yeah. i just i was it was uh yeah we we took a little trip together and <laughs> got into some uh legal trouble <laughs> i overparked for by like 15 minutes and got a ticket 15 minutes and you got a ticket 15 yeah. minutes yeah. How I, much? I legit i mean this is a little too much information but i was attending to the restroom um i wasn't cleaning it i was just in there and i came back out uh they were all doing some some shopping for knickknacks yeah and uh all of a sudden i stood up and went oh it's time and i looked over and there was a person giving me a ticket and fred had some words for this man 
which was basically like you just gave him a ticket and the guy was like yeah that was like a 50 dollar poop then yeah 40 40 40 yeah Yeah. and then at that point they were like were you gonna put money in the meter i'm like no No. i paid a 40 dollar ticket i did the math i'm like you know for all it's worth i can park here for another 16 hours and then we left that's not how it works though Uh, i mean you're lucky that happened in bethany and not in baltimore yeah Right, I just tell you. Yeah, I would have been carrying. Yeah, uh, but so Fred, you've been very, uh, very instrumental in my life. You, uh, for my my wife's Mother's Day gift, she actually requested, and this was amazing, a couples massage, and she said I could be the person who goes with her. And so Fred, who like massa- gets a massage every month, do you? I do. Yeah, like, like massage envy. Uh, or do you have a no, don't, don't say the name because then the, then they we don't want to get sued. No, that's yeah. fine. No, I didn't <laughs> know if you had like Massage Envy has like the monthly subscriptions yeah. or whatever. I've given yeah. that he to does my have wife a monthly subscription yeah. to a local yeah. establishment. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm kidding. You can say it. Yeah. Oh, yeah, hand in stone. Hand in stone. Hand down. And so I reached out and I said, "Hey, give me the hookup." And so I got my first massage yesterday, and I told you I sent you a text. And as soon as we were done, Jen and I were together, and I as soon as we stood up. She was like, was that great? I said, yes. And 90% of the time I was thinking about Fred. Uh, <laughs> I was thinking just from the standpoint of, I got to tell Fred how fun this is. And uh, and I realized how that sounded. And so, yeah. but then I still texted him and said that. Yeah. But thank you for that. My wife and I will get um, like pre-vacation um, massages just to kind of like, you know, chill before we go. Yeah. I think it's nice. By the way, so you get a massage all the time. Are you a talker or are you a shut up and just let me like lay here? Because no, I'm a talker. Oh, see, anytime somebody comes in and they're like, you know, going for the shoulders and like, hey, how are you? And I, I literally, I go, thank you very much. But honestly, all I want to do is just you put me to sleep right now for the next hour and I'll be happy. And they go, okay. And literally not a peep the rest of the time. That's all. Just, just you're like, just touch me. Close no. your mouth and touch me. Okay. Is what you say. <laughs> you're, but you talk the whole time. Oh, the whole time. Yeah. What are you yeah. talking about? Well, I found out that uh, my masseuse, she is um, a worship leader. Yeah. And uh, locally. So now you talk here. about worship music and yep. how many times they sing the bridge. And is all it Brianna? It is not. <laughs> Brianna doesn't like to touch anyone or be touched by anyone. Yeah. <laughs> you, yeah. you leave her for the Holy Spirit. I've never had a massage. Never. But Fred, everywhere we go, literally, Fred makes friends with mm-hmm. strangers. Sure. So, like, I go in the grocery store. I don't talk to anybody. And if he goes in the grocery store, like, he knows 10 people that work there. He's like, hey, you know. You know. How are but, your kids? Yeah, exactly. So yeah. that's how. I'm not. This doesn't surprise me. Mm-hmm. So you just talk. You just talk. I guess, yeah, I guess you can't announce. Don't announce at church. But, uh, but that's great. Yeah. Do you tell, have, have you told your masseuse that you also know a worship leader? I, I did. Oh, gosh, yeah. obvious. This is Fred. Yeah, yeah, this person true. knows That's our entire life story. I'm certain of yeah. it. Yeah. She yeah. plays the keyboards. <laughs> yeah. It's not me, though. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Well, you have a type, so that works out. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. <laughs> yeah. True. Excellent. Um, so big options. news. Yeah, in, you got uh, options. Got That's options. Right. <laughs> got options. That's what I said in Bethany. When we we went out to eat in Bethany and um and someone I was ta- I was talking about what was I talking yeah, about? Yeah, you oh, got hit on. I got hit on. Yeah, this which was fun. Never happens to me. I know everyone in this room is shocked totally. by this information. I was talking about student loans. <laughs> I was talking about how it works, like paying back your student yeah. loans. Anyway, and the gentleman was like. I'm sorry to butt into your conversation, mm-hmm. but you really have a firm grasp on your words. And you're like, <laughs> okay, 
He made sure that his wife had left before he said that. Yeah, Firm yeah. grasp on your I'm words. Ser- I mean, yeah. that's, that's kind like of for the, a woman. You're very well. Exactly. That's yeah. exactly yeah. what it was like. And I, I was. It was. That twelve-year-old so boy over there really knows yeah, what he's exactly. talking about. Yeah, exactly. I was like, guys, just so you know, I know what I'm talking about, yeah. and, and I got options. Treat me right. Yeah, yeah. He was a solid three. Yeah. Um, so congrats. So embarrassed. I yeah, told him was... that you can vacuum too. Uh. <laughs> Big news in the Higgins household, and uh, yesterday we finally got our stupid second cat, uh, and it's your guys' fault. You're welcome. It is a hundred percent. Yeah, we. Uh, you guys had us babysit your cat for Lena for Christmas for like nine days and then within 24 hours my family's like we need one and then a couple months later my family got realized the cat's bored and so they said oh we need to get another one and so now we have another cat and his official name is Carl with a K and I mean like you have to pronounce it as Carl with a K when we talk to him at home it's Carl with a K come here he doesn't that won't last it won't we're gonna turn him into kitten the way we Refer to our other cat, who, who, by the way, it, our kitten was very much like, I want to, I want to play with you, cat. And the, they were kind of like friends for about oh, five minutes. Good. Oh, no. Now the big cat hates him and is just like punching him in the face the whole time. <laughs> oh. And so we have to like, it's, it's stupid. We're like, we should have never, never done any of that. Anybody got anything exciting that's happening? Not that week? exciting. My goodness. No, that was <laughs> a cool story, yeah. bro. Look, it's, it's a big news. We got a, oh, yeah. we got a cat. Nice. It's dumb. Yeah. Fred and Brianna, what's new with you guys? This weekend we had a petting zoo come yeah, to the house. Uh, yeah, Janelle and Tom, who are just they are in love with our kids. They don't know any better. Poor Janelle, poor Tom. Mm. And they asked Lena's like really into reptiles and animals of all kinds. And Janelle and Tom, because they love us so much, did not get our get. She, they didn't get her any toys for her birthday. Mm. Um, so they hired this guy to come out with a petting zoo. And Lena got to hold snakes and yeah, but it was, was like a reptile petting zoo. It was a reptile like, petting zoo. Yeah. He had turtles and lizards and Ugh. snakes. And Lena was like, "This is all she's been talking about since it happened." So that we did that on Saturday. It you was know, a lot of fun. If she wanted yeah. to do that, like I could name a couple of churches where you could have had a really easy time getting that done. Snake handling. Snake oh, handling. I see what you <laughs> did there. I see what you did there. Thank you. <laughs> That was good. Well, this was, uh, you know, probably less confusing overall, yeah. you know. <laughs> a little less tongues. Right, yeah, yeah. a little less. Um, yeah, she loved it. The guy had a tarantula and nope. a guinea pig, a rabbit, uh, turtles. She loved it. She loved it. Judy was there. She had a big, like, snake wrapped I around. I saw the pictures. Yeah. That's Joel found super a turtle gross. in our backyard. It was about We've six inches, some. six inch shell or so, and like a big dome kind of thing. Yeah. Just We've had some. Like it was hanging in our turtles. pool. Yeah. Huh. yeah. In your pool? Mm-hmm. That's cool. Did you yeah. make him get out? No, we made soup. Okay. <laughs> yes. okay. No, we put him in the woods. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> we put him in the woods. Put him in the woods. And mm-hmm. then, like, you're going to see him, like, slowly walking back to the pool. He's like, no, dude, you know how long it took me to get here? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, the fox. Fox got him, I think. So Ugh. animals in yards. Have you guys seen? Did you guys see the story this week about there was a 17 year old girl in California mm-hmm. who there was a bear that had climbed up onto her balcony, and her four dogs went to like go attack it, and the bear went to attack back, and she ran out and shoved the bear off the balcony. Nice. Did anybody see that? I no. did. Yeah. 
And she came out and she was like, hey, I don't recommend doing this. Like, you probably will not get the same. Like, the bear, like, she's ran and shoved the bear and the bear lost her balance. It's like an Elaine Bennis, just shut up kind of Seinfeld episode, just pushed him. It, I mean, like, literally, <laughs> I, like, the, the, the bear, the mama bear was, like, going for these little tiny dogs. And she's like, I had to save my babies. And shoved the bear <laughs> off and grabbed the dogs and took off and ran. I was like... Awesome. What would you all do for your animals? I don't know, but that gives more meaning to mama, like mama, mama bear. bear, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. But I've never, I've never known or heard of people to do that for pups, though. Like my for wife dogs. would do it. Oh, Yo, your Jen wife would, would do, do it. it. Yeah. yeah, she would. She would do it for yeah. our dogs before she would do it for me. Yes, yeah, she would. Yeah. She'd Very be like, you're big enough. You can I, res- really I respect. I really respect her for having her priorities in life. That is. Would you? Would you fight a bear for your dog, Tim? Would no. No. <laughs> no. It would be no. like, nope. You know what? We had a good run. Yeah. Like you start yelling, "There's a turtle in the yard." Yeah. <laughs> would you get you guys? You hate your cats, right, friend? Oh, hate them. So you would you would actually throw? I would throw my cats to the bear, and then bring the dogs in the house. Yeah, absolutely. And just run quickly. Yeah. Anybody see anything good this week? I do have a follow up. No. So Sweet Tooth on Netflix is really good. It's the new Robert uh, Downey Jr. produced thing. It's like a graphic book or graphic novel. It's not graphic, but it's um, it's Sounds really great. good. But yeah. I watched on your recommendation last week. Nathan for you. Nathan for you. Which, by the way, I've watched another episode within the last couple of days, which was not recommendable. Really? But most of them are. Like there was one I was going, oh, never mind. I hope people like this isn't the first one that you jump in and watch after yeah. giving the recommendation. But did you enjoy it? I, it is. It's it funny, is isn't it? very funny. Yeah. And it's very awkward. The, I think it was the first one he tried to help a um, a yogurt shop mm-hmm. like get the more poo, customers. The poo flavor poo flavored. Yeah. Poo flavored. Because he said everybody's going to want to come in and try it because mm-hmm. it's so weird. And then at the end he was like, hey, guy, I don't think this was a very good idea. You should not have this. And he's like, it was your idea. And he's like... <laughs> And uh, the one where they delivered, they, they delivered the pizzas, and they said if you don't get your pizza in eight minutes, you'll you get, get a free, a free pizza. And so people were like, yeah, yeah. So they would order a large pizza, and they'd be like, dude, it took you thirty minutes to get here. And then they would hand them this one inch pizza, and say, this is your free pizza. We still need the fifteen dollars for your. And people were not happy with that. Mm-hmm. It was fun. But it, it seems like the business owners are legit not in on it. So. Yeah, yeah. I, I read up on it a little bit, and they said that these people really do think this guy's coming in to help. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of bad businesses out mm-hmm. there. Um, well, while you were bouging it up watching <laughs> bouging. mainstream trash media, uh, I went to go see a, a show in, in, the, in the city. Okay. The Baltimore Rock Opera Society, a.k.a. Bros, did a shadow puppet show. Um, <laughs> it was outdoors. It was actually really good. Um, it was like three vignettes. One of them was like robots working an assembly line, gain sentience, and then want to learn more about humans. Uh, it was very funny. <laughs> why, why is there a segment of society that is so against mainstream entertainment that they have to pick the most junky, stupid ideas ever and actually act as if they're good just to tell the people who are in mainstream. Like Look how, at the bougie like, I wouldn't stuff you call watch. you a hipster, but that's an extremely that hipster thing to do. That is 100% hipster. Yeah. Own it. Yes. Absolutely. So sock puppets. Did you outdoor did, sock no, puppet theater? Not, shadow puppets. Shadow puppets. Yeah. I'm sorry. And this was in June. I guess, I guess right? It was actually it was like a legitimately cool production. They had um those shadow styled um, projector screens with like the you transparent film that. you put on top of the yeah. flatbed to sure. the light. Yeah. They use that and then they they put the puppets on top of that and then 
basically did puppets and then projected it against a wall. Okay. Let me ask um, when you when you attended this function, um, so what type of headwear so were you judgmental. wearing? Um, nothing. Nothing. Yeah. Not a like a, a wool cap or a fedora or tinfoil hat. I haven't worn a fedora in many years, Timothy. <laughs> Puerto Rico. Yeah. You told a driver's that. cap. I, I will yeah. say. And, and, to bring this full circle, um, Please, we dude. were talking about 3D printing earlier. Um, I'm looking at my, my bust is almost done on my my 3D printer. Yeah. It says a so few to, seconds so left. So to the listeners, <laughs> Josiah is printing a bust of himself <laughs> on his 3D printer like at home. Like you do. So I'm sure you'll be able to buy it on eBay for two cents in the next couple of days. It just finished as he was saying that. <laughs> the bed moved forward and I just watched my face like shove the camera off the bed. Um, <laughs> Anyway, you live a charmed life, my um, friend. I, I know people that, that work with Semi. with the Baltimore Rock Opera Society Bros, and uh, do, do, do. they needed for the robot show. They needed all these like little doohickeys printed because the robots trying to make people happy wanted to make them things to give to them, mm -hmm. and uh -huh. because their robots working an assembly line, they only know car things, mm -hmm. so they wanted to make all these humans hood ornaments. Mm -hmm. That's sweet. Um, so we 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 actually just ended up printing like in massive batches, like hundreds mm -hmm. of these like little. Rotary telephones, cassette tapes, uh, bear heads that are screaming, calling back to the bear, uh, stuff like that. It was it was fun. So I mean, this is ridiculous, and I appreciate you shared, but I will say I think I misheard you initially because you did say shadow puppets, but I guess I just heard sock puppets, and so to me that is even funnier. Is shadow the idea? Puppets? No, no, like the shadow puppets are not sock puppets. But I just when you said shadow puppets, I just immediately my mind went to sock puppets, and I saw a guy like behind a truck, like doing, "Hi, I'm a robot, and I'm sentient now," like with his sock. Like and that old just, lady who did lamb chops or whatever. Right. The TV yeah. Whatever her name show. was. Yeah. Shirley, something. Temple. Temple. <laughs> yeah. Good. And uh, in the Heights comes out this weekend, and I cannot tell you guys how excited I am about that. Mm -hmm. I am so excited. Okay. I'm even more excited about our guests that we have here today. So we have, as we've mentioned, Fred and Brianna. We, we talked to them about 30 minutes ago, um, and that's the last we heard from them before we heard <laughs> about the sock puppets. Um, but you guys, we're really grateful that you all are here because today what we're going to talk about is uh, just really one of the most d divisive topics in culture. Uh, if I, I don't know, maybe it is the most divisive, is the issue of abortion. And on both sides, that was a great segue, uh, both sides really claim kind of the moral high ground, right? And they, they start throwing insults and arguments, uh, just kind of thrown around with, with very little concern for the people that have been impacted by this. And so today what we wanted to do is really to invite our friends Fred and Brianna in to have a conversation about what it means to be pro-life because you guys have a pretty unique perspective um, on this through some things that have happened with your family. And... Uh, and I think it's good. I know Josie was kind of like, you know, as we as we do this, this is more of like a case study conversation. I know certainly this is a very broad topic, um, but I, I don't think we hear from people who are kind of living through some of these decisions and some of the things that are happening. And so to kind of put people in the midst of it and, and see that lived out, it I think would be helpful for us as we kind of have this conversation. We're, we're talking today about what does it mean to be pro-life? And so what we wanted to do would just invite you guys in and as we before we really kind of break down this conversation, just hear your story and hear what you guys have gone through and uh, just turn the mics over to you. So who wants to go first? And please let it be Fred. I was going to let her go first. OK, <laughs> fine. <laughs> Gentlemen. I mean, we had to talk 
together. We just jump that's, in. That's fine. Yeah. I mean, if we share our I feel like most people listening probably know our story, but. Uh, I don't think they probably do. Really? Yeah. Probably. I don't think so. We're really famous in, like, Illinois, <laughs> okay. Iowa, where we're <laughs> Council Bluffs. Uh, right. Places that don't matter. Um, so, uh, yes. Yeah, so, we have, <laughs> we have three kids. Um and we, Ari and Sloan are twins. They are going to be four in August. Wow. Yeah, I know. Can That's you believe wild. that? No. That's like, four is like little kid age. Like it's not yeah. toddler baby yeah. age. No. So it's weird. Um, so when we found out we were having twins, um, I guess halfway through the pregnancy, we were at the ultrasound where you, the anatomy ultrasound where they check to see two legs, two arms, you know, all mm-hmm. that stuff. What gender baby are you having? And unfortunately, it was the one ultrasound that we brought <clears throat> Lena to with us. Mm-hmm. So she was three at the time. Mm-hmm. And during the ultrasound, the doctor, not the doctor, the tech walked out of the room abruptly. And um, we knew, I knew something was wrong. Mm. Um, I didn't know anything. I just I just remember turning to you and saying I think something's wrong. Yeah. Um, so the doctor came in and told us that there was a problem with one of the babies, and um, he said he showed us. Tell me if I'm well. You just jump in if I'm not remembering something correctly. But he showed us that there was um, a really serious abnormality in one of the babies, and that primarily it was like clubbed feet, um, really tremendously crooked back, and we, they couldn't really tell if the spine, spinal cord had even developed properly. Mm-hmm. Um, so the doctor asked us, like there wasn't much information the doctor could tell us mm-hmm. at that moment because it was just a regular ultrasound. It wasn't like no tests had been done, like no other information, but we were at the 20-week Point. It's a kind of a critical point in pregnancy. And the doctor said, um, do you want to have an abortion? Well, he also said um, that he saw, like, not much movement. Not much movement. In, mm-hmm. in the lower part of baby B? Baby A. So it was our son, Ari, who was born with special needs. and But that was a moment that we it was actually... Um, four years ago, just a few days ago, mm-hmm. that w- we learned that information and that changed our lives forever. So, but we did, they didn't know very much. They just knew you're definitely, there's no way around it. You are having a baby with special needs mm-hmm. and we don't know exactly the extent of the special needs. They couldn't, I think probably one of the more difficult things about this whole thing was going through, I don't know how you felt about it, but it was going through not knowing, yeah. not having any idea how things mm-hmm. were going to turn yeah. out because they couldn't tell us if he would be, uh, if he would have any cognitive deficits, if his face would be disfigured, if he would ever be able to walk or anything. So they, I mean, if you can imagine like just having that ultrasound and then being like, wait well, and see, wait and see, mm-hmm. yeah. wait 20 and weeks. See. Yeah, 20 yeah. weeks. Yeah. That's halfway yeah. through. Yeah. That's halfway through. So, I mean, we just didn't, we had no, we called Tim and we, um, 
I mean, we just had no idea. We just had no idea what to expect or we thought like maybe we're going to, well, we had, I had convinced myself after that occurred, I had just convinced myself that this was a big mistake and the doctor just, you know, you know, the two little babies crammed in there, like the doc, you know, science isn't everything. Like maybe they just couldn't see, you know, so that we had to wait like I think three or four weeks and then went to Children's Hospital in D.C. Um, where we had an ultrasound that lasted like two hours long, during which time we couldn't ask any questions, nothing, nothing. We couldn't, I couldn't move or anything. And then I had an MRI the same day and then sat in a room with like five, five doctors mm-hmm. who told us everything that was wrong with the baby. And, and same thing, like the doctor's job is to tell you, you need to, they're not going to sugarcoat anything for you, right? you know? Um, so they, and they gave us absolutely worst case scenario, and they they definitely didn't sugarcoat anything for us. They they said um, at best we are going to be having a baby that is going to be a paraplegic. At mm. be- that's your best case scenario. If mm-hmm. the baby even will be born living, right? You know. So they did ask us if we wanted to have an abortion. Um, if we wanted to just have a selective abortion or if we wanted to have both babies, if we didn't want to have either of the babies. Mm-hmm. Um, because when you're having twins, it's very risky to abort one baby. It can pose a lot of health risks to the other baby. Mm-hmm. So the option was um, that that's what they... And, and so we didn't... We never entertained um, a conversation about having an abortion. Yeah. Yeah. I no, I, I that that day when you called me, I, that's a vivid memory for me mm-hmm. in ministry. I mean, some uh, you know rank higher than others in terms of ministry, and I, you know, I remember. I mean, I literally kneeling in front of the two mm-hmm. of you guys, and I, I think my head was on both of your knees mm-hmm. at some point in time in prayer. You guys were, you know, tears mm-hmm. and snot, and I was tears and snot. But I, you got you were resolute, yeah, absolutely, yeah. Uh, you know, you you explained that the option that you had, and you said no. Yeah. I mean, that day, I mean, it was, it, it was certainly not an option in your mind. Why? Well, I mean, I don't even recall, I don't even really recall that decision, decision that day. Like I remember going back to like a follow up and, and, um, you know, Dr. Sweeney saying like, you know, what are you guys going to do? And uh, we were like, well, we're not going to have an abortion. It's not going to happen. He's like, good, because I think he's got a fair chance. Mm. Mm. And how, um, how was he born? Um, early. Mm-hmm. Um, how many, how many weeks? 32. 32 weeks. Okay. Um, Moving, breathing, um, yeah. But I well, he was. They were both yeah, eight weeks early. Fred was across the country. Yeah, let's add that you came rolling <laughs> right. in, rolling in. Story. I still, and I remember right. that too. Yeah, I remember coming in. I'm like, I'm here for Brianna Jarrett, yes. and all of a sudden right. the door flew open, and I was like, Oh, there's the husband. And every day I was like, dramatic. I'm not the husband, and he was just whoa. He comes in, all 95 pounds of yep. you. I'm like, Great, he's here. There he is. It was <clears> very 
scary. I I mean, it was a stressful pregnancy. I mean, yeah. I I hor- horribly stressful. I I uh I I can't remember a time in my life I hope it never ever happens again where I felt completely hopeless, mm-hmm. totally hopeless. Mm-hmm. Um and just scared to death. But mm-hmm. um even and the reason I'm sharing this part of it is because when I went into labor, I was by myself. Mm-hmm. Uh I mean, by myself meaning Fred was not right. there. Um, and the, uh, a social worker came in my delivery room and well, like the labor and delivery room I was in and we were trying to wait as long as possible for Fred to at least get there. Yeah. And, and all the while, like not knowing, they told me we're going to have to chopper the baby to DC because we're, we don't think he's going to be breathing and we need like an iron lung or something mm. that we don't have here at this hospital. And a social worker came in and was talking to my nurse and said, I want to present her with these papers. And I'm an attorney. I know what the papers are. So they wanted to know if I, if the baby was not born breathing, do I want them to try and save him? Right. Or should we just let him go? And my nurse said, do not present her with that. <laughs> she's not in any frame of mind to, obviously she's here. I mean, she's gone all this way. You're not putting those papers in front of my patient is basically what the nurse said. Um, But I never felt that it was an option. And the reason is because um, Ari's a human being. Mm. Where do I get to make the choice Mm. for him that I don't, I didn't sign up for this, so I'm out. Mm. You know, that's how I felt about it. It was, it was, and even if, even just for selfish reasons, I never want to have to look back I, I need to be able to look myself in in the eyes in the mm-hmm. mirror every day. <laughs> um, is it a hard way to live? Yes, and I don't, but I don't have any regrets at all. Um, so we had we know someone who found out in the middle of their pregnancy that they were going to be having a child, very similar issues to Ari, and they did have an abortion, mm. and they told us. We Honestly, regret it. We regret it. Mm. We regret it. So even if just for selfish reasons, um, yeah, we have good days and bad days, and it's it's hard. Sure. Yeah. But I don't regret anything, yeah. and I can rest knowing I did I did the right thing. <laughs> but I never viewed it as really an option. I mean, Ari's a human being. He um, he deserves every chance, you know. So, can if I can ask, how much of that do you think? Uh, and this might be an impossible question, but how much do you do you think was that a catalyst of your faith or just your own personal preference or thought? I mean, did, did you, do you think that your upbringing, you know, as a, a person of faith, was what made that happen? Uh, um, my my father and my uh, stepmother were in a similar situation, okay. um, and uh, they had quadruplets in vitro, and um, they quad. <laughs> yeah, it was crazy. Um, they were presented with the same thing, um, you know, um, selective abortion for a few of them, so one could have a better quality of life. And um, they were only given like a 4% chance of survival, each one. And um, they all survived. Mm. And they're fine. 
100%. And um, we weren't church-going people, faith people, really, um, then. And uh, so I don't know if really faith or... Yeah. Had I don't a, know that it... I, I don't... I mean, I don't know that it would... I would call it faith. I would just... I, I firmly believed I've never felt any differently um, that any baby I've carried is a literal human being mm. and I deserves the same I'm gonna use a buzzword rights that any other human being should have I mean why should Ari have any less chance at living just because he's gonna be born with special needs yeah. that's not fair and I mean we talked about this we kind of we talked about this a little bit before we came here, but um, as a person of faith, how can I justify not aligning myself with another human that has no voice or has less of a voice than someone else? How can I justify that? How can I, how could I look Lena in the eyes? You know, how could I do that? I don't, I just, that's where that's my perspective on it it would have been easy and I, I was surprised I was honestly surprised how many people who are faith people um, told me and I know that they meant well by saying it mm -hmm. but I was surprised how many people told me whatever you choose I support you mm -hmm. and that was so discouraging to hear yeah. because I didn't feel it was a choice yeah. I honestly did not feel it was a choice um, my choice was to be a mom so um, I had already put my hand to the plow and I wasn't looking back and, and we haven't I think there's a big difference in that well that statement in itself there's a big difference in like if if a woman goes through a post-abortion absolutely we're here for you mm -hmm. right but to possibly push in that direction I think is certainly out of balance because I, I was trying so hard to stay in the frame of mind of no you are doing the right thing mm -hmm. there is no option here so to have people say to me well whatever you choose it was just I didn't I couldn't even think down that line like mm -hmm. no this is it this is it we're not gonna sure. you know I know this is gonna be hard I can't imagine how hard it's gonna be or what our lives are even gonna look like like you know but I have no regrets. I have no regrets at all. So Jill and I, I mean, we just had our baby 11 months ago. And um, so I don't, I don't know how it was with you, like 15, you know, 13 years ago or whatever, or with Lena um, with a few more years than that. But we were, we were kind of, I was taken aback by one of the imaging thing and that we went to and we never really, there was, there were some moments there where there was some like health things, but it was nothing. It was all, it was like healthy, yeah. you know, a little bit here, but healthy. But I mean, we were asked, and I was offended by the question. Mm -hmm. And I, I would, it's like, how many people are not offended by the question? Like, everything's fine, but do you still want to carry the baby? Like, what, 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 what kind of question is that? So I know, like, because I'm, like, because I'm an attorney, I know that I don't, I didn't take offense to it. A lot of people said, like, after we went to Children's Hospital, oh, those doctors, like, they don't know what they're talking about, you know, and um, that's so horrible of them to tell you all of that. But the, I know they're doing their job. They, mm -hmm. Their job is to not get sued, and their job is sure. to give us the information that we need to make an informed decision. What a beautiful world. <laughs> their job is to not get sued. Their job is to not get sued, right? So they're just giving us a realistic idea yeah. of what is what's going to happen. Yeah. I don't hold them responsible for that. Mostly what they told us was true. Yeah. 
Mostly well, what not, yeah, told. yeah. I mean, giving you, like, here is the scenario. Yes. I, mostly that, I don't see any problem with that. Was true. Mostly. Sure. I mean, was it, did we experience the absolute worst case scenario? No, thank yeah. God. Yeah. Thank mm-hmm. God we didn't. Yeah. But it's been, I mean, we have good days and we have bad days. And there have yeah. been seasons in this journey that have been harder than others. Yeah. But, um, no, we never felt that it was a choice. We never, we never viewed it as a choice. Well, it's amazing that you guys are saying that there were no regrets, none. Um, none, even to this day, because we know that almost four years later, it has not been an easy road. No, like no. even after no, he no. was born, and no. and so can you kind of give us an idea what has the last four years looked like? Well, um, surgeries. Um, wheelchairs not being able to spend time with each other um you know just just an absolute nightmare with health insurance like a literal every day just absolute nightmare yeah um you know not being able to go to sleep without thinking like oh i wonder if something else is going to go wrong um you know it's just been you know every day has just kind of been like it's always there it's never not there you know thinking about his quality of life and school and um you know if someone's going to tease him um you know so it's always right there all the time it's 24 7 it is it it really is Mm -hmm. i mean i mean that's the. i mean i'm not devaluing sure that's the story that i hear from everyone who has a special needs child whether Mm -hmm. it be mental or physical I just i all i can do is say man i (laughs) give you a hug it's just the 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 amount of mental and physical strain on you to just never have a break. I can't. Yes, that's true. There's never, yeah. it's, um, but, and I, I think I was telling Jeff and Jen, it's like any, anytime you have someone in your family who has long-term needs, like yeah. whether it's a grown person or if it's a child, that is an, that is a stress that never lets up. Sure. It never, it, it's, it never lets up. So mm-hmm. you, it's stress you wake up with in the morning and you lay down with at night yeah. and it's, it's, um, constant. So yeah, we went to all of a sudden not being able to leave the house ever for any reason, yeah. you know, like, um, so yeah, it's been tough. I mean, anytime for a while, anytime Ari came down with a cold, we were in Hopkins for a week. Yeah. I mean, a lot of times, and a lot of times people here at church didn't even know cause it happened so frequently. And I didn't even mm-hmm. tell people at work, I would, Fred would be in the hospital with Ari and we had a pretty good system. He would go uh, and be there with him in, during the week. And then on Fridays, I'd leave my office, which was downtown, and I'd go switch with him and stay at, at Hopkins with him for the weekend, and Fred would come home and be with the girls. And that's just how we lived for a long time. Yeah. He prepped us for COVID. Yes. Yeah. He did. <laughs> well, and COVID adds a whole new layer oh, to it. Yeah. Because then it's like, okay, we, we got to make sure that this boy doesn't get sick. Mm-hmm. And and that's that's got to add an extra... It was really scary. Extra stress. Yeah. yeah. And what's interesting is that you guys have a really unique um, situation because normally we would look at, uh, you know, gender roles as, oh, mom stays home and dad goes out. You guys, dad, you're like there all the time. All the time. All the time. All the time. And you're handling stuff that, that would typically, I know I'm trying to be careful how we <laughs> how I say, um, and, and, and a lot of times that gets overlooked when we talk about moms of kids with special needs, you know, there are dads that are a part of that too. And uh, I know just knowing your story and where you guys have been, both of you together are a, an amazing team. 
the way you guys make that work. Um, it's interesting because so many people would look at just in your situation at 20 weeks and go, I don't know what the future would look like, but I know that I don't want to go down mm-hmm. that road. Mm-hmm. But yeah. to be four and a half years later, just about, and to go back and say, I don't regret the road that we have walked and what is to come. I mean, you know, th- there are new challenges that it seems like you guys are, are figuring out every, every new day. Um, but Ari's a fantastic kid. And, uh, I mean, he's thankfully got Fred's sense of humor. Um, he is. <laughs> and my voice. Singing yeah. voice. Oh, oh, he that's has, amazing. He has Fred's singing voice, so that's unfortunate. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, and he loves to sing. But even if Ari was, like, I, I usually tell people, I mean, he doesn't have any cognitive deficits. Mm-hmm. Um, so he is a terrible human being like any <laughs> three-year-old mm-hmm. is. Um, but even if he was, I mean, if we're talking about abortion, I've ne- I don't want to, this isn't the main thrust of what I want to say here today, but um, just because a person is a terrible human being doesn't mean that they have any, you know what I'm saying? Like a lot of people have said that to me, but look at him, he's beautiful. And I was like, well, but even if he was born hideous, I still made the right choice. Like, um, so I, I mean, we both feel that, um, that was, he was a human being at the moment that he was conceived. That's what I've, I, I just, ha- honestly, personally, I've never heard a logical reason why we should, you know, waver there. But that's, not, but really, um, that wasn't the main, we didn't, we didn't have to talk about anything like that when we were faced with, you know, what we, what we're now faced with. So, um, but that's just, I feel that an unborn child should have the same rights as a born child. I mean, and I, I haven't heard any logic as to why that shouldn't be the way that we, you know, talk about these issues. Um, at the same time, you know, I've heard a lot of people say that um, and then clearly evidence the fact that they have no respect for human life in a lot mm-hmm. of other areas. So, um, yeah, that's kind of. Well, we're going to talk about that here in just a second. Um, I'm going to give you guys an opportunity. I didn't put this on like the write-up and the questions and things, but I want to give you guys an opportunity. And if you don't want to, we can completely edit this out. Um, but over the past four or so years, um, you guys have had to endure um, a lot of what uh, I believe in the scientific realm is called um, stupid comments uh, from people. Would you like to, on this on this moment, help people understand what not to say to parents in situations like yours? Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, and it happens everywhere where we go. Um, you know, Ari is has a feeding tube, and people are like, "Well, did you try ice cream? <laughs> did you try yogurt?" <laughs> Yes. Just really any suggestions are unwelcome. Right. Well. Yeah. You know, Ari, you know, Ari's spine looks like, you know, a squiggly, a line. squiggly yeah. dinosaur bone. Yeah. Like, and they're like, did you try taking them to a chiropractor? Yeah. Uh, yeah. No. No. <laughs> because they don't do that. Just any suggestions. Like, just know as parents, we have literally 
exhausted all of the right. research. Like we've asked all the experts, just be confident in that. Like yeah. w- if we want your suggestions, we will ask. Yeah. No. <laughs> just any suggestions <laughs> like, are unwelcome, you know? Essential oils will not clear up his chronic lung disease. No. That's not going to clear no. it up. No, just, and, but have you talked to, just assume that we have. Yeah. Assume that we have. Like yeah. we're tearing our hair out, you know, like okay. talking to experts and all that stuff. Like yeah. I mean we're we're surrounded by the best hospitals. We really we are. talk yeah. to the best, you know, orthopedic specialists. And you know. and what you what we don't want to hear as exhausted parents is here's something else you should do. Yeah. <laughs> Here's something else you should try. Yeah. It's definitely like we don't want to hear that. You forgot yeah. to put in the crystals. Right. Yeah. 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 yeah, exactly. I mean, and something else I don't that's not helpful. And there's a really easy way to not say this. When people say, how are things going? Obviously terrible. Look <laughs> at us. <laughs> Obviously not great. You know, and so, I mean, what I really prefer and what I do with other people is I just say, I hope things are going well. I know you're probably, and I'll, I'll, if I know someone's going through something, I usually say, look, I know things probably aren't going well, but I hope that they are. And I'm thinking of you and I'm praying for you. But I'm not going to ask someone a question that I'm like, I know how it's yeah. going bad. Is, is he walking yet? <laughs> is he walking yet? That's yeah. my favorite. Yeah. You know, he's in a wheelchair, literally, right. you know, or I'm carrying him. Yeah. Oh, is he walking yet? Yes. Miraculously, he yeah. started walking and I kept it a secret from everyone. Right. You shoved him back down in the chair. Right, exactly. right. We get that a lot. Or is he eating it? Yeah, again. <laughs> again, he started eating, so uh, and we I just, didn't we tell kept it anyone silent. about it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Something that we're praying for. Like, if there's anyone listening who's a mom who's had eating issues with their kid, you know the stress of that. It yeah. is stress like nothing else. Like, because I feel as a mother, not to diminish the dad's role, but as a mother, like, your biological instinct is mm. to feed the child. So when you have a kid that won't eat, it's so upsetting, like, to another level upsetting. So, yeah, when people ask me that, oh, how's Ari doing? Is he eating yet? I just, it's so frustrating. It's maddening, honestly. Well, I mean, the answer to that is yes, because you just put whatever you need to in the feeding tube. Right. So, like, he doesn't have a choice in the matter. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But as a mom, like, d- these are conversations that are painful to get into. Right. Like, and usually it's brought up in a real casual setting. And it's hard not to think, like, the motivation behind this, whoever's asking it is just, I want to feel fine that y'all are fine. Mm-hmm. So, mm. you know what I mean? Like, it's you don't really want to know how we're doing because really you do know how we're doing. It's not great. <laughs> right. <laughs> you just want to feel like everything's cool so we can go on our way. Yeah. I would challenge people, don't do that. Like, just say, if you're thinking of us, just say that. I'm thinking of you. I hope everything's okay. Another thing I hate, I don't know how you feel about this, Fred, but another thing I hate is what can I do? Can I do anything? I'm not going to say what you can do. You right. know what? Every parent needs a Starbucks card. Yeah. Okay? Literally everyone can everyone can use that. Like, don't ask what you can do. I'm not going to tell you to come to my house and fold my laundry. But if you did it, I'm not going to stop you. Right. <laughs> and, and to be clear, here's what I love is that we're, we're, we're dumping on, on people here, and rightly so. But you guys also have had people who have come along. Yes, that's true. And, and have, I've talked about them yeah, on this podcast. Absolutely. Yeah, we absolutely. have had lots of really good people. But Fantastic examples a of lot what of people, to yeah. do. What can I do? Is there anything I can do? Which, by the way, Joe would completely disagree with you. Starbucks is not a good gift. It would have to be some sort of a craft beanery of some sort. <laughs> or a sock puppet. 
I don't yeah. even drink coffee. I mean, you're too <laughs> hipster or too mainstream for me. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you're describing human psychology, not just with your family. I mean, yeah. people. Yeah. Pe- yeah. I mean, there are people who. I hesitate to say, how are you doing? Because I know they're going to tell me. You and know, so I don't know. ask. No. I just say, hello, I'm thinking Joe, of you. Whatever. I'm praying for you. You yeah. know, like, yeah. don't ask what you can do. I mean, and I learned that through going through this, too. So I aim this at much, as much at myself. Because I learned to not ask, just to do. Right. Okay? Mm-hmm. I got a frozen casserole. I left it on your doorstep. Right. You don't even have to talk to me. Like, just put it in your freezer right. and use it whenever. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, that's something you absolutely can do and everyone can use. At the so. same time, like this was a James Five principle. Like w- when we need help, we should always also throw our pride away and say, like, and ask as well. Yeah, like there's yeah. there should be, like there there should also be that on the other side of the equation. I'm not saying I'm not judging you here, but I'm saying you can. We He's should. Judging. That's hard for He's her. Judging, <laughs> but yeah. no, asking for help it should be something that we do because we all need help and just make the make the, make the phone call. But on the other side, we should try to anticipate things. Right, and just so do. there's there's just do. Yeah, there's yeah. an overlap there. Yeah. Yeah, but, but I think it's hard too because if someone were to come in and say, Hey, how can I help? I <laughs> I know like, let, uh, let me be honest, there have been times where I've asked that going, I really hope the answer is nothing. Right. You know, because then if you come say, Yeah, here's what I need. I need somebody to come over and to do this, then all of a sudden it's like I will try to find someone to do that for you and go with God. Oh, you there know? are not times. That's every time for you. Yeah. Well, it's only you when you, when I, I was like, "Hey, man, can love. I do anything?" And you're like, Ugh, "Write my sermon," and I'm like, "I'm not, I'm not." Wait, I'm not how many times have I asked? <laughs> never? But I'm I just, feel like just a, pretending. But <laughs> asking that sometimes, not all the time, but sometimes asking that question is kind of a cop out. Like, uh-huh. you know that there are things you can do, like groceries. Okay, everyone can use that. Like, you yeah. know what I'm saying? Like, so, anyways, yeah, a so gas card or whatever. You know, if you're listening, maybe check your language when you ask people things when you're dealing with situations like these and and just assume that they've already had the idea that you have had and i know that you know some guy who went through something not similar to this at all uh but just you know and also um well i don't know maybe i'm overstepping but uh don't take pictures of the kid oh my (laughs) that's a general principle for all children yeah you heard about that yes too uh, yeah, was it the grocery store? At the somebody? zoo. At the zoo. At the zoo. No, where, where I, I traumatized my family. Yeah, somebody somebody decided he was going to take a picture of Ari. And yeah. so you decided zoo. you were going to well, take pictures of like, him. Yes, I took pictures. Of, yeah. So it's funny. Mama like bear. The older mm-hmm. I get, the more I'm like, I'm not my mom. I'm different than my mom. I'm like, you know, I'm really sophisticated. and But, but in that moment. I hope moment, your mom doesn't listen to this. I'm going to share it with her and she's going to laugh. In yeah. that moment, like all of that melted away and I got in that guy's face and I was yeah. like, you don't take pictures of my kid. Yeah. Okay. And then I ran after him and stuck my phone in his face and took his picture. Yeah. And showed it to him. And poor Lena and Fred, Fred, they're both like, what is even happening? Fred was I had no idea what was going on. Crying. Fred's like, let's yeah. buy the guy said, coffee no, and have a conversation. Why not? a picture of our son just because he thinks it's funny, you know, I guess, to see he's fascinated by a little kid in a wheelchair. Mm-hmm. You know, so he was taking a picture of him. So, I, yeah, I took his picture. I put it in his face. And I said, guess where this is going? On my Instagram. Okay. Weirdo. <laughs> and I, that's Freak. what I told him. I was yelling at him. Yeah. I felt I felt bad because I think it did traumatize Lena so a little can bit. I, can I interject with a story that I'm not going to say it is the other side because I don't want to. Obviously, that guy probably was being a weirdo, but like. A little. 
like to give you a perspective from the other side of that scenario is how many times have you done this? Never <laughs> once. Not it was once. you, once. wasn't it? Not it was you. I was I was walking with some friends in downtown Annapolis, and we were walking by like the Red Bean. This is like that coffee ice cream joint. That's of course like, you were. I mean, hipster. Anyway, it's it's a store. Yeah, I don't know. I I, I can't eat ice cream, Jeff. Oh, that's uh, right. Yeah. So thanks. Yeah. <laughs> but they had something funny written on the sign and uh, pointed and laughed at the sign. At the same moment, a family much like yours wheeled their <laughs> wheeled their child with special needs by. Complete lack of situational awareness, but oh. basically to everyone, it appeared that someone was pointing and laughing at oh, their child. No, this guy this was, was asking legit. Fred about our, the nature of Ari's special needs, and as he was asking, was holding up his phone and taking a picture of him. Ah, that's so terrible. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's but, amazing that guy still has a phone. To be I, honest, I, I really, res- I used a lot of self control. All yeah. I did was yell. I yelled PG language, and I did stick my phone in his face, and I took a picture of him and Proud I showed it to him. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, if you're in public also, and you see someone with special needs, don't stare. I feel that it's, I felt like everyone knew that, but they don't. Um, and if you have a child with you that's staring, like redirect your kid's gaze, like Mm -hmm. don't just let them continue to stare. Don't be weird and like ask questions. Like we're not here for you to learn. Like we're just, we just want to be in public and go to the store like anyone else. Like. So the, all of those things have happened to us. Mm. All those things have happened to us. We should try to make sure those kind of things don't happen. Uh, lastly, do you have any thoughts on meal trains? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So anyway, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll keep moving. Bring good food. Bring good food. <laughs> Bring good food. There are a few people in this church, and they know who they are, who are at the top of our list for a meal train. Yeah. I, I, I know who those people are, and I keep praying to God I get really sick so I can get some <laughs> chicken salad. Um, so here's the deal. I, I want to I pivot into kind of moving from the, the story that you guys are talking about and building off of that to really talk about what it means to be pro-life. Um, I'm, I may be overstepping it, but I'll, I'll at least give my bias here. Uh, I am I'm staunchly pro-life. Um, and that's, uh, you know, I have gotten into arguments. I have bought the t-shirt, literally abort73.com. I had all of their t-shirts and wore them around as a walking billboard for pro-life causes. Uh, my credentials are in check, but, um, I think there are some things that we need to deal with as people who largely consider and profess to be pro-life and, and what that typically has meant. Um, Language matters, and and really the the two terms that are kind of bantered around about this are pro-life and pro-choice. Both are very loaded, uh, and and I would suggest that they're not necessarily honest because they don't exactly mean what they seem to mean. Um, By that, I mean pro-life, largely what we are talking about when we hear someone say they're pro-life is that they mean they are pro-birth. They are just extremely anti-abortion. Uh, and often people who are pro-choice try to sanitize a little bit to go, I mean, the choice that we're talking about is abortion. I mean, like we're not, we're not talking about any, any, uh, anything other than that. And so, um, in fact, it was interesting last night, I was kind of doing some research for this. And, and if you go onto the Planned Parenthood website, they do the exact same thing where they, they change the language. So instead of the pro-life, they call them, um, anti-abortion 
And for people who are pro-choice, it's pro-reproductive rights. It's all about how you frame the conversation to vilify the other side and to make people them People aren't vilifying. Come on. Sure they are. And uh, <laughs> it's, so I wanted to ask, is there a – this is going to be a really, really hard question. Um, and and I, I think there's going to be some people who are uncomfortable with what I'm about to ask. So, again, let me just say staunchly pro-life. Um, and 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 pro birth, I'm, I go beyond that, but uh, but staunchly pro life. But I want to ask: Is there a middle ground? Is there something as a pro life person speaking right now? Is there something that the pro choice side gets right, and are there some things that the pro life side gets wrong? Um, some people have already just turned us off right then, but I wanted to kind of throw that out there to the group before we kind of build our ethic of understanding what it means to be pro life. Is there anything that you can say, like like there's a middle ground here, that there's some pros and cons, and that this issue is maybe a little more, um, a little less black and white? Am I am I completely off the rails here? I have an answer, but I wanted to throw it out to you guys first. I also have an answer, but I don't have a family, so I'm gonna give it over to the family havers first. The family, well, let, let the, breeders. the breeders. The, <laughs> I mean, we this is a this is a big issue for us. I mean, we. We talked about we talked about this before we came before we came here today, and I mean, so in our with knowing our backstory and everything, and knowing that we, I mean, I grew up in a in a really pro life you know family, uh, church going and all of that. But when we were when before we had Ari, um, we were really confronted with the idea of people being so-called pro-life, which I feel is probably more anti-abortion than Mm -hmm. pro-life, who at the time we couldn't find um, any health insurance for him. Um, That was a, that was a real, that was a real problem. (laughs) And the part, the political party at that time, um, if, if the, because Trump was trying to pass a health insurance bill um, and if it had passed, we would not Ari would have been uninsurable, like except for catastrophic health insurance with a fifteen thousand dollar deductible. That's not a joke. I mean, mm. so I I find it hard to accept the message of pro life if at the same time you don't care about basic health insurance coverage for people who have special needs. It's hard for me to accept that message, um, and we also feel very strongly that. Uh, Ari, the reason a lot of people care about Ari, not the whole reason, but a lot of the reason is because, you know, he was born here in the U.S. Mm. He's not a person of color. I mean, if either of those things weren't true, I don't think people would care as much about his story, to be totally honest with you. So I I find it hard to accept a pro-life message from people who do not care about um, people of color and who do not care about um, refugees or immigrants. It's just a hard message for me to swallow. And I, I, don't, I don't find it to be very genuine. So if you're going to say you're pro-life, um, if we're going to align ourselves with people who don't have a voice or vulnerable people, I think that has to extend to way more than just uh, the unborn. Yeah, I think I've heard people use the term whole life almost like whole life insurance Mm -hmm. or something, Mm -hmm. you know, cradle 
to grave, but really conception to grave in terms of... If, womb if, to tomb. Yeah, there yeah. you go, womb to tomb. Um, you know, if we believe that, as you mentioned, that life starts at conception, then all right, now that's a human being who right. has rights given to them by God um, and most importantly, worth given to them by mm-hmm. God. So uh, for me, you know, a, a baby in vitro is not rights so much as worth. Um, but at the same time, a 85-year-old grandmother who is wasting away in a nursing home, that's that's a worth issue yeah. as well. Yeah. Um, we are a society that throws away way too often our old people. Um, one of the commandments was to honor your mother and father, which I think we tend to look at that commandment as, you know, you are my, you know, as a child, like you're six years old, you need to honor me. Um, but I've heard it taught, I think, more plainly that that's a honor your mother and father when they're super old and they need your honoring at that point in time. When you're six, you need to obey your mother and father. You don't need to honor them. They need honoring when they're at the back end of life. And so, yeah, I th- all hum- all life that is sucking oxygen, um, especially at least humans, uh, has worth. I mean, we are the, the top of the the not the food chain top of God's creation. And, um, and yeah. And, and I, I think that some people like to, I think people on all spectrums of the politics pick certain groups of life and give them more worth. Yes. Give them and more I think that rights. the people that have the microphone mm-hmm. and who have a big following absolutely use that issue to, yep. uh, polarize. Yeah. Um, and, uh, I mean, one of the first things every time, every time we wind up in the hospital with Ari or we're having a fight over insurance, one of the first things we think and say to each other is, God, I, I mean, can you imagine what other kids have to go through who don't have, mm-hmm. like not to toot our own horn, but we're like gainfully employed. Yeah, we right. have, you know, we don't have any, I mean, arguably, we don't have any cognitive deficits ourselves. So, <laughs> arguably. <laughs> um, but can you imagine like what other kids, yeah. what what do kids do who have no one to do this for them? Yeah. Yeah. You know? And so I just, it's hard. No, I, I'm, I can't jump on the pro-life bandwagon if it's a bandwagon that also is against making sure that the basic health needs of, are covered. Yeah. I just, I don't accept that message. Yeah. And I don't accept a message of we only care about ourselves um, I, I don't see scriptural support for that. And, and I, having gone through what we've gone through, um, all life is precious. Yeah. And um, who am I to decide? I think that's one of the, I think that is one of the draws of abortion, to be honest with you. Um, and, it's, and I would hate to live in a world where we get to decide what kinds of journeys we're going to go down. Like, I, because who would choose this life? Who would choose it? I wouldn't. Right. <laughs> right? Who would who would knowingly choose it? And I I, I would be sad to see that um n- no one I mean I would sad to live in a world without people who have special needs. Yeah. That mm. is, that adds to the rest of our lives. Yeah. Um so you 
We have a family that used to be in the church. They moved away, but they chose to adopt a special needs girl. And mm -hmm. I looked at them with slack jaw and all constantly going, well, how in the world? Like, I don't know how I would have made that decision uh, to choose a severely special needs little girl and adopt her from the other side of the world. I, 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 uh, that, that was something that certainly inspired me, but also challenged me. Yeah, but I can't, I mean, I don't, I don't know how you feel. Well, I know how you feel about it, Fred, but I, I don't. I, I find it upsetting to listen to people tout the fact that they're pro-life when they openly support so many agendas that are very clearly not pro-life. Yeah, yeah. I, I think so. For me, so here's my middle ground. If I had one, um, I think everything everything comes down to a, a very much a hard issue. Um, again, say you're pro-life, that's fine. Uh, my perspective would be. Say you're pro-life because you give all life worth. Mm -hmm. Okay, now give all life worth. Right. And from womb to tomb, and from everybody all over the world, and every and and then figure we we can like kind of um, differ on how that works, but we still have to agree that it should work. Like we want it to work. Like and so people are going to argue on policy of this, that, and the other, and you know deductibles and all that kind of stuff. Obviously. We want to make things as easy as possible, but we can't make things hard as possible because we're devaluing life, right? So we have to we have to understand that um, all of us, whether you're left, right, liberal, Democrat, I don't, whatever, like we have to uh, we can't pick and choose who is more worthy than other people. But at the same time, like my middle ground to the pro-choice people, like um, or pro-choice or pro-life like why are we why are we trying to legislate a morality I, I i've never understand understood why we jump to legislation instead of dealing with the people who are on the way to the legislation like so i, I like i've i've been to the uh you know the, the what's it called the Mar march for life rally or whatever uh -huh. i've been to one time um uh not that i don't want to go back or anything but my point is to to some people who i've had the conversation since like that's great fight for laws but if you're going to go to the march for life rally like stop by the the pregnancy clinic on yeah. your way there yeah. like deal with people like deal with not instead deal with the people first and not with um not with the policy i think we're we're kind of making the end around we're dealing with the means instead of the the the, the justifying i don't know anyway yeah. we're 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 starting uh, at the wrong spot way too many people we yell about laws and we yell over people to get to the laws so here, so let me answer my own question because I think it's basically what we're all saying here is that um, that what I think the pro-choice. Uh, be careful about this. It it basically comes down, Tim, as you said, is to worth, and depending on what side you're on, you tend to give one part of the equation, whether it's the mother or the child, worth, but then go the other side doesn't have that, and so where I think you know I, I appreciate the pro-choice thing going, you know, let's not forget about the mom here. Like this is, this is someone who has worth pro-lifers are going. Yeah. What about the child? The child has worth. Yes. Agree with both of that. Um, but it's a matter of, of do you carry that out beyond just the act of abortion, the act of, uh, giving birth? Because it does seem like in the conversations that I've had with people who profess to be pro-life is that once that child is born, there really is no concern for that child anymore. And, and there's a sense of, well, we, we have to get abortion, right? Like if we get abortion, you know, cause it, you know, and I've heard people argue if we get abortion wrong, then a child dies, everything else is fixable. 
Everything else is fixable in the in you know healthcare, education, immigration, da, da, da. all that's fixable. But we have to get abortion right. So if if we only get one thing right, it's got to be this. But my challenge would be: Why do we only think we can get one thing right? Why do we think we can only invest our energy in just making sure that that lady who went and she made a decision to you know have sex and therefore she got pregnant? So now that there's there's not a lot of love for the person who is in a difficult position. And that's a struggle for me to say this person, and and I'm not advocating abortion by any means, but to look with a sense of callousness or you're just sort of an animal uh, because you made a decision and now you regret it. And now you just want a quick fix. um, I I don't, I don't think that's a very loving thing. I don't think that's a a way of giving worth to the, but if your argument, well, and if your argument is, Abortion is wrong because human life is so precious right. and we can't allow right. abortion because, um, you know, you know, we really we value human beings. And but if at the same time you're doing literally nothing to support what you're saying, how right. do you expect to persuade anyone mm-hmm. um, that what you're saying is correct? You know, you know? Um, for for the entire year that I lived in Rockville, um, I drove to Bethesda for work every day and for 52 weeks. <laughs> Um, every Monday, uh, I, I only learned this on Mondays, but, uh, every, every Monday, a local church would protest, uh, an abortion clinic. So on my commute every Monday, um, I would drive by this abortion clinic where there was this church outside protesting. And I received from just viewing these people driving down the the road, like no confirmation, zero affirmation that they cared about, about, human, about life, human life, right? I um, mean, how pers- it's not persuasive at all to try and make that argument. Because what I saw was not people saying, hey, you have a choice. We're here for you. We care for you. What I saw was massive 10 by 10 photos of ripped up fetuses mm. saying and, and signs that said, Dr. So-and-so is a murderer mm. and call this place and, and, and people outside shouting and angry. Can you imagine being a scared mother having to walk through that to try to weigh your options. Mm. Christians should not be that group. No, I agree completely. And too often we are. And this is not, so this is not a middle of the aisle option. Um, The only circumstance in which this, like this kind of two handed approach becomes the middle of the aisle is when we look at, uh, when we take in like the worldly perspective as well, like, this is a staunchly like get on the far the right side of this issue. Um, you you have to treat life as important, and if you if you don't display that, um, if you don't show it outwardly, just like Brianna said, like we can't take you at your word that you believe right. it inwardly. Yeah. Um, sorry, that was my soapbox. I'll, well, I want to I want to bring it. Let, let's let's pull it out from Bethesda and bring it to our own church right here. So back during uh, a series when we were going through Hebrews, you know, we did a um, we did about three times in that series. We did some prayer cards and we took these cards and each card kind of had a different theme and we built like a visual on a wall um, that basically was the Christ equals all or the cross equals is greater than all. And, and one of those weeks was, Hey, we're going to write down like confession of sin, private, you know, anonymous confession of sin, that things that God has forgiven us for. And it was really, uh, you know, 
kind of beautiful to go through and see what people have said. This is what God has brought me from. Um, you know, we didn't know the stories. We didn't know who had submitted anything, but there was one woman who put on their abortion at 18. And to me, I, w- I kind of caught my breath because I'm going first, that, that is a, um, that's something that, you know, when people go, I don't like my boss, uh, which is something that I wrote. Um, and, <laughs> and, you know, all of these different, th- these different things that I get, and those are legit. Those are, those are sins. Those are things that, yeah, God needs to forgive us for, but to, to put something that I think a, a largely pro-life group would look at as one of the really ugly, nasty sins and to be willing to put that up there and say, I did this and to go, you, you are a part of a community that doesn't speak in general, very loving towards people who mm-hmm. have done this thing. And that, that, that kind of broke my heart to go, I'm, I'm glad that you are a part of our church. Um, I'm sorry if you have been kind of a recipient of ugliness that is just, but not, not directed at you because I honestly believe, I, I, I truly believe this, that if there are people in our church who knew that the person next to you had an abortion, would you show grace and love? And I think the answer would be yes. But I think we lose sight of the fact that, that we have people in our communities who have made those choices and, and by the way that we conduct ourselves may not be very loving and make these people feel very welcome. Here's, here's the tragic part. I mean, as Christians, we do believe in the sanctity of life, Mm -hmm. the worth of life. Um, I don't have, this is anecdotal. I don't have, um, anything more than just, here's a conversation that I had with someone who was in the industry, if you will, of kind of pregnancy clinic kind of things. Um, there is a very large number of uh, Christians who go and get an abortion because of the stigma of being out of wedlock with mm-hmm. a child. Sure. And so to not bear that shame within the church, there are many, many believers, young and uh, out of out of you know marriage, who are flooding abortion clinics. Mm. Um. And just doing things privately instead yeah, of having I, to. I believe that. I believe that totally. I just, I don't know. I mean, it's it's hard to, um, I just find it really hard to accept. I, if anyone asked, I, I usually, I've had these conversations with a lot of people and I, I tend to just not engage anymore because it's not productive. Um, and it just, you know, just makes people more firmly entrenched in their own point of view. And that's not my goal at all. I would just challenge anyone who's listening um, to, if you, if you call yourself pro-life, I would just push on that a little bit. Yeah. Are you really? Are you really? Yeah. Um, because I don't, I, I don't accept that message unless, if you're also really strongly showing in other areas of your life that you have no regard for human beings. Yeah. I mean, you I can't would, pick. Uh, no. Can't segment. You can't segregate one life or age or any it's all it's it's life or it's nothing. And I would just suggest you just embrace the label and uh, I don't mean this with any ugliness, but you're pro birth. Right. You're you're pro birth. Right. Don't call yourself pro life. Yeah. You're anti abortion yeah. is what you are. Um, but don't you think people would like if the church were, if we were the ones at the border and we were taking care of little kids mm-hmm. and there were no little kids that needed a place to stay because the church was there and the church was like, no, we will take care of all these kids. <laughs> right. And we were like single handedly 
taking care of like the orphan problem that we have or the homelessness issue and all this stuff. Like if the church was stepping up and doing that, don't you think it would be a little more persuasive Mm -hmm. to hear the church's argument? Like, no, life begins at conception. Wouldn't it be easier to hear that argument if we were also the ones like really, truly loving people? Like, um, not, and not just listening to what other like what politicians have to say and just regurgitating what we've heard other people say um and getting engaged in that whole in, into a fight that we don't really have a, a stake in anyways yeah. you know I, I so i would just challenge people i mean honestly look at the words of christ and look at the actions of christ he didn't align himself with people in power he didn't align himself with the rich he aligned himself with sick people mm-hmm. poor people women children so i mean that's what we should be doing i mean so i it's pretty clear i think me. that's i think that's an interesting uh, interesting question to pose which i don't know that i have an answer for but i've made the point before that if the church were truly doing the job we wouldn't have a welfare problem we wouldn't have a sick right. problem or not yeah, sick absolutely. problem but like yeah if the church were caring right yeah um the way we i think scripturally should now i don't know if I don't, there's no magic bullet to get us there i have no idea i think we need to do what we can but i think we lost our way a long time ago and we might even have a mountain that's impossible for us to climb back at least in our country but if we're we've turned over the homeless needs to largely the state we've turned over you know healthcare largely to the state even though we have a history in the church in this country of baptist hospitals catholic hospitals all kind. i mean we that was a that was a church thing um, we've turned over education largely to the state we've turned over the care of segments of population so here's the question that might be a little, I, I'm, I'm not going to answer it. Um, if we've turned over all of that care and all of that to the state, who, who says the state now can't define when life starts? Well, that is the argument. When does life mm-hmm. begin? If right. we could all agree on when life but begins, turned, this wouldn't be an issue. We've turned the church. We've we've relegated much of that over to the state. So now, is it now is it now the church's job to come in and say no? Actually, it does start at conception. Like you said, I think we have we would have a stronger argument if we mm-hmm. were still involved in all of these areas. We've been hands off. We, we've turned it over. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We have neglected our spiritual charge. And as well, a result, we're taking sides. Yeah. I mean, the church is great at taking a side in this mm-hmm. argument. I think there, it's not a mystery as to where the church stands on this. That's yeah. not a mystery. I mean, everyone knows we don't approve of abortion. I, right. Everyone knows that. I mean, it's not something we have to convince anyone of. Right. You know, we don't have to go out there and spread that message. That's an easy That's amen from a pulpit. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think what we need to do is to show people that we do value human beings. Mm-hmm. And that's where I think we have failed miserably. I don't know if you want to share, Fred, about when we were trying desperately to get health insurance for Aria and we called um, <laughs> one of the Christian health insurance companies. Oh, what a disaster oh, that was. Yeah, that was really bad. Oh, one of those MediShare things. Oh, MediShare, yes. Yeah, yes. Medishare. And they, they advertise that they are a biblically based <laughs> um, health expense sharing organization. And when we called, because we were getting, uh, we were on Obamacare through my last job, and we were desperate to find health insurance that would cover a child who was going to be born with special needs. And we called MediShare. That was reasonably, you know, priced. Reasonably priced, and, yeah. And, uh, yeah, they were like, eh, They said no. No, pre, no pre-existing uh, Pre-existing No, but we're not a health insurance company, so we don't call it pre-existing conditions. But for sure, we're not going to cover you. <laughs> wow. <laughs> 
Um, you know, but they, but in there, like in the hold music, it's all worship music, and they mm-hmm. tell you from the outset, you know, this is all based on biblical principles. And I was like, I don't think it is, because I feel like Jesus would give me health insurance. <laughs> <laughs> That's a thing that he would do. So y'all should do it. <laughs> um, so no, we had to apply for Medicaid. It took a year and a half uh, of being on a waiting list. And still, I have private health insurance. It costs like, it's getting uncomfortably close to my mortgage payment, what I pay yeah. for health insurance. Yeah. And, wow. you know, that sucks. But you know, I think there is still a huge opportunity for the church to step in and say, no, we actually really do care about humans. We do care about kids, even if they're not white. Um, we do care about moms who are in crap situations. Um, and I think you have to let go of the idea that you want to teach people a lesson. We yeah. need to let go of that. <laughs> it's not our job. It, it's strange to me to hear the justification for why we don't engage um, in, in this kind of care as, well, that's not my responsibility. Like, like everybody has their responsibility. Your kid is not my responsibility, but I definitely need to make sure that you have it. Um, right. and, 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 and I, you know, again, agree with that pro-life, but to then look at it and say, you know, the immigration issue, well, that's, that's not my responsibility. I didn't, um, you know, no, but it, it is actually, I mean, it you know, somebody, Hey, listen, am I my brother's keeper? Actually kind of, yeah. I mean, yeah. like, like we, we have a responsibility to each other. Um, I, I keep thinking back to the, um, the story. I think we've told it here on the podcast before of like right following the election when I was, we were standing in the lobby, myself, another college student. Um, well, it's not fair to call me a college student anymore. I'm like 26, <laughs> <laughs> um, but we were standing there and, and this person who, who is, if not an elder, elder, like in the church and, and came up and basically we started talking about like, Hey, who'd you vote? Not for an elder, up? just to be clear. Yeah. Not, okay. <laughs> elder like, um, and came up and started talking to us about who we voted for and stuff and blah, 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 blah. And basically the conversation ended in such a way of, um, us feeling judged for saying like, hey, we voted based on these issues of like believing that life exists after the abortion issue, a- after birth, like, and and we have, uh, we're placing a priority on like these certain things. And I'll, I'll never forget what the person said as they, they kind of walked off because up until that moment, they had been talking about like, oh, well, you know, like this one particular side's really great for my 401k. Like I've been watching my stocks go up. I've been making money. And then almost as an afterthought or like a, a final like, Thing that they could lob or like pulled out of their back pocket. It was like, oh, you know, this other side, they're ripping babies out of the womb at, 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 uh, at nine months. And it was like, so you've kind of shown yourself your face in this moment of this is what my priority is. It's my priority is not caring for life. My priority is money. Myself. And this, Myself. this life issue is a defense for that. It's so I can feel better about caring about money. And then I can just trot that out when I need to pretend to care about this thing. That might be a little strong, um, but well, it, it, I think it gets back to sort of what I was saying before. Policy is not the answer. Uh, policy can be an answer, but it's not the answer. Um, if we if we care about life, we'll we'll show it in a vote, sure, but we'll show it more and primarily with how we love our neighbor, mm-hmm. <laughs> with how we deal with the people that live right across the street from us, or the the deal with the people we walk. You know, we 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 meet at the zoo. Uh, or, 
we'll, we'll care and we'll show it in in that way. We we can't we we don't primarily love our neighbor by voting. That's mm. not how that works. Well, I will say this. I'm glad you said that because I know there will be some people say, well, it does matter. It does matter. It and, does. And, and certainly it does. But I, I want to reference a work um, that is really worth looking up. It is challenging. Uh, my boy, Sky Jatani, right before the election, about a month or so out, he put out a, a video on abortion. It was about a 20-minute video that kind of broke things down about is it really important who you vote for as a president? Um, and that was kind of the whole thing saying, you know, would, would, does a president really make that much of a difference on abortion? And, and it's really, really good. I mean, it, it was really profound, the stuff that, that he throws out there. And the answer was? The answer was um, abortion rates go down more under a Democrat president than a Republican. Really? Because they, uh, they work more towards health care, uh, birth control, access, that Republicans will tend to be a little bit more... Um, Let's just legislate this and say, you know, but and, and and all that to say, if Roe v. Wade was to be overturned, that what would be the end result would be a 12 percent decrease in abortion in total. Like, that's it. And that that really the priority needs to be, as you said, Tim, investing in your local communities, investing in education uh, and, and, and being a part of serving those so that abortion becomes not in their minds, not necessary. Yeah, to your point, like in, in Annapolis, we have a pregnancy clinic that's next to the abortion clinic. Like mm. that's the way the church serves, not by holding up signs and by screaming and by, you know, spitting at mothers who are walking into a clinic. Mm. Yeah, uh, you, you serve by siding up to somebody and putting your arm around them and loving them through a situation. It just mm. feels like too often we do one and not the other, and the one we end up doing is the wrong one the easy one yeah well, we do the one, one where we Definitely. can stand back yeah. and yell yeah. because yeah. that's easy that's not messy it's messy yeah. to get involved in people's lives which is why it's easy to ask someone in the lobby of, of of a church hey i hope everything's going well with you guys as opposed to showing up yeah yeah it's, yeah that's, that's easy. true that's yeah it's true. easy to, it's easy to lob bombs from the side and say vote for my candidate um, I mean, you know, and I had a conversation with a brother here in the church that, and, and again, I'm not, I'm not knocking anything. I, I think it's important that we understand what's happening on a national level that this man said, um, you know, President Trump uh, completely defunded Planned Parenthood. And I said, no, he didn't. Like in 2019, Planned Parenthood got record amount of um, donations. Uh, they, Planned Parenthood did a record number of abortions under under President Trump. That is not to say President Trump did not do things uh, for the for pro life cause. He absolutely did, but it's it's more complicated than just I need this person to be in because if my side is in, then then everything then will immediately be. Started. It's like no, that's that's not the case. And and I, I pose the question, and I'm not advocating for this, but just to to show how difficult it is to say if well, you talked about Obamacare. That if that gave access to people and resulted in a greater decrease in abortions, then wouldn't a pro-life person actually be in favor of that? Dude, it cost me 250 bucks, and that's it to have Lena yeah. under Obamacare. I, I, all I'm saying is... $250.00. That was my bill for birthing Lena under Obamacare. So you're clearly an advocate for it. I'm not saying that we advocate for that. What I'm saying is... Is that if the pro-life cause, if the pro-birth cause really is we just need more children to not be aborted, then there are ways around it. You're probably not going to like how that comes out. Well, I'm and, just, I, and to, I, I, I respect what you guys are saying that it's not 
legislation first. It's doing the hard work of caring for your neighbor, and I agree. Um, but also don't be a cop-out and just yeah. say, well, my religion is separate from my politics right. and whatever. Sure. Don't – I mean, I would just challenge you um, to not just take at face value what you hear on the radio or what you're reading on the right. news or whatever. Like, I mean, I, I especially after what we've been through, um, I can't separate the two. Mm. I mean, yeah. good for you if you can, I guess, but I can't. I definitely can't. Well, what's so. amazing to me, and, and we're late, so hopefully people have turned out at this point who would get mad, but the <laughs> often the, the, the divorcing of the um, religion and politics, those people who are not divorcing it would say, well, my religion says that I need to be pro-birth and, and, and then stop. And I'm going, I don't, I don't know that our religion does that. It doesn't. It doesn't. It does and, not. And so, I, you know, to me, to just say... I am anti-abortion, the end, then I go, I don't think you actually have a concern for the well-being of other people. Right. I think you've just picked a sin that you think is super evil and you don't like it and you want everybody to stop doing it. Yeah, I I think I find I find myself for once in the middle on this. Um, what? But not because I'm actually in the middle, but because I, I see this as like, we're looking at two different perspectives. You're looking at the macro, Brianna, and I don't know if Fred agrees, but I'm gonna lump you two together. Fred will always You're married, agree with Brianna. Um, <laughs> agree. Group think. Uh, and I think Tim's on the individual, like the micro. Um, policy affects macro. Mm -hmm. When we talk about uh, abortion rates going down over the course of like democratic pres presidencies, like that is a macro thing. That affects trends. And on the on the macro level, like we have to acknowledge that sin exists in this world and that sin will exist in this world. Mm -hmm. um, and that helps me inform kind of like my decisions of like if I if, if sin is going to exist, I can't eliminate it, but I can do what I can to reduce it mm -hmm. yeah. um, to make things better. And on this individual basis, I can say like I can have an impact here in this life. Like I can do something as an individual to eliminate this instance of sin. Um, and that's that's kind of where I think you, yeah, and you, you see find my, the two things. My perspective. I mean, I I reject political stuff all the time, um, and so I, I, the macro is important. You, you you need to take care of things on a large scale, but too many people. But I li I live on the micro. That's where I live in the micro. I live dealing with person to person to person mm. to person to person to person. Um, that's my life, and so I tend to. You know, I tend to to push the micro solutions more than the macro uh, because that's 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 where I live. But I would also say that in our modern society, we're real good at throwing money and votes at things on the macro, mm -hmm. and then we feel that we don't have to deal with the micro any longer. Well, that's true, but I've also seen people who are who feel that they're really good, loving people. Yeah. But if you see if you see an injustice happening mm -hmm. that affects human life in mm -hmm. a big way, mm -hmm. and you just do nothing, mm -hmm. like that's not cool. And just mm -hmm. the fact that you're a loving person, you go to church every Sunday, mm -hmm. doesn't mean jack. Mm -hmm. I mean, if you're if you're just standing by watching something like this happen, yeah. you know, mm -hmm. like. So I think there's it's it, both things are important. I've mm -hmm. just I've heard people just say, well, you know, that's not that's not something I need to deal with. No, it, it actually is important. Right. It really yeah. is. Like, both if, and. yeah, yeah. Both well, and, yeah. yeah, both and because I think one one they they both serve each other. That you know you can legislate certain things that are right and wrong, and at the same time, through a micro level, you can educate people on and the the, the macro is often a reflection of what's happening in the culture. And so, if you can impact people that way, um, I just think in regards to the abortion issue, voting is the least effective thing in in changing abortion. Um, 
it, and I'm just pulling that from other people's work, but that, that investing yourself, but then at the same time to say, well, we're going to, we're going to use our religion to push an, an agenda. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, but, but then we're going to stop real short right after abortion, right. like beyond that, then it's like, well, no, let, let's, if, if you want to go ahead and use the, the macro national power, um, you know, I mean, why, why are you, why are you cutting it short? Anyway, all, all that to say, we've, we've gone long, but I, I want to, uh, just start kind of wrapping things up. I, I think summarizing things, what, what we would all say as good Christian people is that life has value to God. Everyone has worth at every stage in the game. And that as a follower of Jesus, we try to do what Jesus would do, which is give worth and value and treat other people um, in, in serving other people, giving of yourself, um, even if it costs and not just going, well, it's not my problem because it's not me. I don't, I don't see Jesus doing that at all. And, uh, and I think for us, it would, it would be wise to, to do that. And to whichever side of the aisle you're on, if you're going to claim that you are pro whichever side because this person has worth, then you also need to treat the other side as people who are deserving of worth as well. That the church needs to be a safe place and, uh, and, and we just need to stop kind of vilifying everybody on both sides and work towards showing love and, and at every stage of the game. Um, Listen, we don't have time for confession, uh, but I do want to do this real quick. Um, good Christian people, uh, this one is super easy today. Uh, we're going to honor. Um, so we don't like doing the same person twice. And Brianna, the last time you were here, Tim listed you as a great Christian person. So you don't oh, get to I? be caught. Yeah. 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 Remember you set it up like you were going to give it to me. Oh, like yeah, this is somebody right, who's really led me one, in worship. That was one of my favorite ones. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Today, you know, I want to honor... Like yeah, that, exactly. <laughs> it was very, it was very well done. Tim I just pantomime pointing at Jeff and then turned to Brianna. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I do. Fred, uh, Brianna, really want to honor you guys. You have exhibited uncommon strength and a love when uh, a lot of other people wouldn't have. Um, you are really living out, as we've talked today, about your understanding of uh, how God has created life and dignity for every person. You've, you've challenged us today to, to kind of take a look at what that means on a whole life level. And we're we are super grateful to uh, to God for all that, that you are doing and uh, the way that you guys are honoring God uh, together in your family's life and, and, and how you challenge us in that. So thank you guys so much for being here. Fred, it's been about an hour since we've heard you say anything aside from, I agree with Brianna. Uh, would you like to say anything? Brianna, you can't speak right now. I won't now. say anything. You just spoke. Fred, anything you want to say? Um, I just want to thank you guys for letting us share our story. And uh, it is important. Um, uh, just every life is important and it, I know it's cliche, but you know, what would Jesus do? Um, he, you know, he values lives and, uh, and I think we should too. Um, so yeah, I, I, I appreciate you guys, you know, letting us share our story. Oh, we appreciate you guys. And, uh, Fred, am I your great Christian person? You are. Guys, thank you all so much for listening. Uh, if you're not already, you can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram at GCP Pod. Uh, if you have some thoughts, and you probably do after this conversation, please email us at goodchristianpod at gmail.com. Fred and Brianna, thank you guys so much for being a part. Brianna's going to be on here next week because next week, girls, put your records on. It is ladies' night. Uh, Tim is out. And we are giving the episode over to some of the strong ladies in our lives who no doubt will enjoy coming on and telling us all the things we've been wrong about so far. 
God has given women to the church who have done and are doing great things for his kingdom, and we want to hear what he is doing in their lives and how the church can serve them better. It's going to be an incredible conversation we hope you'll join us for. And until then, be good. Good Christian People podcast. Today's episode was recorded on Monday, June 7th, 2021 by Jeff Higgins and Tim Byer, two pastors living in beautiful Glen Burnie, Maryland. If you'd like to hear more of our content, please check us out online at goodchristianpod.com or by following us on Facebook and Twitter at, at GCPPod. Josie, what's going on with you? Excellent. Thank you so much. (laughs) (laughs) Fantastic. Fred and Brianna, what's new with you guys?